Welcome back to another episode of The Burn. I am Ben Newman, and you know how we do this. You've gotten used to this. Every single week, we're going to bring you a different athlete, celebrity, coach, entertainer, entrepreneur, to help you better understand their burn, how they show up in their lives, and how they make a difference in the lives of others. And today, I want to set this table just right, because this is a special opportunity. It's a new friend, new partner of mine from, you know it well, Punched Energy. You know, you might see me slamming these, put these because they're so incredibly delicious, caffeine, organic. You guys know all about Punch. We've had members of the Punch family. But today I'm going to introduce you to another member of the Punch family, Trevor Anderson. And before I turn it over to Trevor, I want to tell you why I was so fired up for this conversation. You could go back to probably episode one of the herd, and I've been talking about how there are individuals who live on the sidelines, and then there's individuals who get in the game. There's individuals who tell you how great they want to be, and then there's individuals where their action tells you the real story. For almost 27 years, you know a lot of times we don't do a lot of bio stuff, but Trevor, you're getting the bio stuff. For almost 27 (laughs) years, there has been action behind Trevor Anderson's beliefs, which has caused him to now do work with Under Armour, developing a system called Golfleticism, Punched Energy, TRX. How about this? Golf Digest Magazine. I mean, you know, you got NFL, you got Major League Baseball, but top 50 trainers in the world for professional golfers, PGA and LPGA. And I know the list of the top 50 came out, but I pay attention to the details. So I want to share the details. They highlighted Trevor. I mean, he's front and center over all of the other trainers. You actually look in the magazine and they've highlighted some of the core principles that he teaches to highlight the top 50. So when you talk about the highest level of performance, that's where Trevor is operating. And so I'm fired up to have this conversation about the burn with Trevor because he is an example of what it means to show up. And I know we're going to get into this, but in a world where there's a lot of talk, not enough action, and a lot of people teaching without being the example, I think Trevor epitomizes what it means to dedicate your life to making everybody around you better. So Trevor Anderson, welcome to The Burn. Ben, thank you so much for having me. I am fired up. I love that you say fired up because, you know, it's not grammatically correct. But when I get in front of a group of athletes, <laughs> I say, I say, how y'all feel? They say, fired up. And that is something that is a staple of the culture of everywhere that I go. You got to be fired up. So I'm fired up to be here and I'm excited to get into it. Well, I, I love it. That's something that the, the head strength coach at Kansas State, so the two programs I work with, Alabama and Kansas State, is uh, is Truman Carroll and Coach True. He is just unbelievable. Right. He says the same thing. How are you feeling fired up? And, you know, and I think that's what I've learned about you so quickly is you're not getting any – Yes, punched energy is sugar-coated, but there's no sugar-coating with you. You're getting the the raw, real emotion. And so tell me where that emotion comes from. Where does the burn come from for you? 27 years dedicated to your craft. Where does your burn come from? Well, I got to tell you, um, my father and mother, my parents, you know, back in Sarasota, Florida, you know, my, my father passed away in 2009, and his name was Eagle. 
you know, it was affectionately known as Eagle. And, you know, and I had one of those types of dads that said the same things all the time and to the point that when he got ready to say them, you kind of knew what he was going to say. You could almost mouth the words with him. It wasn't until I got a little bit older and he was gone that I realized, man, these are the most important nuggets in my life. And one thing that he told me, three things, three main things. Number one, he used to say, good enough is not enough. All right. You know, one day I, I was at a baseball game. I was 12 years old. I hit two home runs. I said, uh, he said, how was your game, son? I said, I hit two home runs. Dad, I'm getting good. He said, don't get good, get great. I'm like, well, Dad, I had a double two. You know, isn't that, <laughs> good, isn't, isn't that good enough? You know, he goes, good enough is not enough, son. He said, how many at-bats did you have? I said, I had four at-bats. He said, so you could have hit four home runs then, right? I went, uh, yeah, I guess you're right, Dad. He said, good game, son, and just walked away. And, you know, so... <laughs> What he gave me at an early age was I, it could have gone one of two ways. It could have gone where I went, man, my dad never gives me any credit. Da, 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 da. But I actually internalized what he said. And I took from that. He just didn't want me to be satisfied because there was more to be had if I was willing to take that extra step and and not be satisfied with where I was. So good enough is not enough. The second thing he taught me was outwork everybody. O-W-E, oh, you owe it to yourself to outwork everybody. You know, and it was one. Of, I actually have a shirt on right now. Under Armour made it almost says the same thing you know, outwork everyone. But, um, you know, those, that mentality really hung with me. And when I had my own kids, I thought about my dad saying that to me and then me saying that to my own sons and thinking if they watched me and I wasn't outworking everybody, what would they think? I wouldn't be authentic to them. And the final thing was to get better every day, you know, um, in the backyard with those cement weights with the plastic covering that you leave outside and start, <laughs> the bars are rusted and all that stuff. And, you know, I was a decently strong kid for a skinny guy, but, you know, trying to lift more weights than I probably should have. He says, son, you don't need to lift all the weight in the world. OK, you just need if it's light, you got to move it fast and you just have to get a little bit better every day. You don't have to get it all today. You don't have to lift the whole gym as long as you're getting better every day. That's the measure of progress. And so my burn comes from, you know, my dad really instilling those things. And then my mom supporting that bit, that vision and that thought. And that feeling and that sentiment, because, you know, now as I grew up, you know, my company became became better every day. So um, it's what I try to instill in my athletes. I try to be the example as best I can. Uh, I try to set the tone. I try to always be able to perform what I prescribe and uh, and show instead of just say, because they're always going to do more of what they see me do than what they hear me say. And I try to live like that. See, and that, that's what I think is unique. And I was going to mention you making your home in Orlando now after playing football at Central Florida and really pouring into your education in the fitness space, right? Because you knew there was clarity of what you wanted to do. And so I was going to mention the, the Better Every Day as your company title, but more so really the tagline of your company, the mm -hmm. relentless pursuit of excellence. And what I think is so unique in the interactions that we've had and, and me watching all of this success and the impact you have on others Going back to that, be the example, you are still in a relentless pursuit of excellence, right? It's not, yeah, hey, there's no doubt. I'm the coach, I'm right. done. I mean, just take a look at Trevor. You are still the example and showing up in your own life to pursue right. getting better every day. Why, why yeah. is that important for a coach or a leader to keep pursuing that for themselves as well? Well, you know, I would say excellence is not necessarily being the best but being your best, right? You can't compare yourself to everybody else all the time. And there are times you're going to do that. But, you know, am I reaching my own level of excellence, right? If I was running a, 
a hundred meter sprint against, you know, Usain Bolt or my, one of my uh, clients, uh, good friends, Marvin Bracey, who's out there, one of the fastest guys in the world right now. You know, if I was challenging myself against him, you know, and he's running a nine, seven and I run a 10, three, you know, I may very well be demonstrating my level of excellence by running that 10-3 because maybe my fastest time in the past was a 10-5. But maybe his fastest time in the past was a 9-7 a and he ran 9-9. He didn't necessarily achieve his level of excellence, but I'm being my best. And my goal is to make sure that I can help people identify what their best is. We're so hard on ourselves in this world because there's social media and there's these pressures and, and in youth sports, kids are being ranked and you know, there's ratings and rankings and stars and all this different type of stuff, man. But at the end of the day, you have to be able to be getting better every day. You have to be able to reach your own level of excellence, not being the best and being your best. And for me, that's something that I try to do myself. And like I said, I always try to think, what if my boys are watching me? You know, I have a 21-year-old son playing college football, I have a 12-year-old son. And if they're watching me and I'm not doing what I say that I'm going to do, you know, how, how likely are they to do it? You know, so I try to just continue to be that example the best I can. I, I love the perspective and it's what I believe for myself. You know, you, you see, and oftentimes, you know, a leader who's struggling and a lot of times a leader who's struggling is because they lack discipline and they've yet to make the connection that their lack of discipline is showing what they tolerate which is what others follow. And so I I think there's, whether, you know, you as a leader, right, or another athlete, whoever's watching this, if you're seeing gaps in your ability to lead, I hope you're paying attention to what Trevor said, because whether it's your child, whether it's somebody that you're coaching, whether it's somebody that you're leading, if you tolerate something, they're going to think that's okay for them. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's what makes such a significant difference because working with NFL players, Major League Baseball, golfers, right? For us to do that kind of work, an athlete's not going to listen to you if you don't show up as an example. Because these athletes perform at the highest possible level, right? right? From the focus to the discipline to the hard work. What have you found is the common denominator? I mean, you've worked with some of the greatest athletes on the planet, what have you found is the common denominator that would not only relate to the athletes that stay connected to our burn every single week with our show, but also to those leaders? What is that common denominator of the highest performers that you found? Without a doubt, the common denominator for me is that they have intrinsic motivation. They don't need somebody telling them. They don't need a coach standing over them telling them you need to hit more balls off the tee. They don't need somebody saying, you need to catch more footballs off the jugs. There, there's, there's not anybody telling them that that's what's required for them to be great. They're actually doing that because it's part of their fabric, part of their DNA. It's, how, it's what they know is required to get better. And as a matter of fact, they have a, this feeling like, if I don't do this, then I'm going to lose ground. And it's not because of anybody else. And it's not because they're being told. It's because of what they know they need to do to be excellent. And another main vein that runs through all of these um, just really elite players, they have elite mindset. But the reason why is because for them, they don't look at what we perceive as failure as a failure. They know they're not always going to get it right. And they almost seek out opportunities to not be perfect so that they can know exactly what part of their game they need to work on. Right. If there's a certain type of a pitch that was giving a, a hitter trouble. 
they don't want to avoid that and focus on their strength. They want to say, what it, man? What is it about? Oh, he got me again. He got me again. Okay, what do I need to do differently or better to change this, to fix this so that he doesn't get me next time? They're seeking excellence. They're seeking opportunities to find their weak spots and they're leaning into them, not avoiding them. And I've seen that to be at the very top of the list of the people that are great that I've worked with. And, and what's cool about it is when you get inside of their mindset and their process, part of the way that I do that is like with my, my big league baseball players, I work with, uh, with Mr. Barry Larkin, uh, Hall of Fame shortstop. And we have a group of, uh, of major league baseball player athletes, gold gloves, all-stars, World Series champions. I mean, you know, stolen base champions, uh, MVPs, all these people are in our group, right? And when we train, 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 train from the physical conditioning side, they're listening to what I'm saying. And I'm in the trenches with them. I'm sweating with them. I'm doing it with them. And then when we leave the gym, we go to the field. I've got the flat glove too. I'm taking infield. I'm taking ground balls. I was an outfielder by trade, but I'm taking those ground balls with them. And I think what's, what's authentic about that is that they know I don't need you to hit it softer to me. Hit me the ball that they hit to you, right? I'm in the trenches with you. I don't expect to be perfect, but I'm out here trying to get better as well. And when they know that they can sweat and grind and, and do all those things alongside you and that you're in the trenches with them, that's where you get the buy-in. And every athlete wants to be coached, but they also want to have a teammate to perform with. And that's where I come in. And I try to do my best to achieve that. Hearing you speak in conversations we had, I, I think of authenticity and vulnerability, right? You're making yourself vulnerable. Like have to be. You you're have not to. a you are a former professional athlete, but you know, you're you're not currently a major league baseball player, but I'm vulnerable enough to step onto the field. I'm gonna right. be authentic to choose yeah. to do the work, but to surround myself with people like a Barry Larkin, right? Yeah. One of Absolutely. the things that I, I just have so much respect for how you show up is the companies that you decide to partner with. I, th I think it's so easy in this world where people come at you on social media. I mean, the brand that you've built, I mean, you're in Men's Health Magazine this month as well. So it's, you know, there's all right. this exposure and people right. are gonna come at you, yet Under yes. Armour, TRX, right. Punched Energy. You right. know, there, there's an intentionality, it seems, in how you make your decisions. Even a Punched Energy, right? I mean, it's. Right. You mentioned yes. drinking coffee since you were 11 years old. I mean, right. it's crushed up green coffee beans. It's organic. It's gluten-free. It's just that touch of sugar around the outside, right. really right. just from an aesthetic <clears throat> standpoint. But at the end of the day, it's as pure as it gets to teach people how to absorb caffeine. So there's great intentionality for these right. products and companies that you represent. Right. How important authenticity, vulnerability. When, when you hear me say these things about how you've chosen to partner with companies, how important is that for, for you in terms of representing your brand? Because you are a brand yourself. Sure. I, I think vulnerability, I think, has to be at the top of the list. And the reason why is because, uh, again, in this age of social media, you know, on Instagram, you're seeing everybody's best life, right? You're seeing their best life on Twitter. You're not Oftentimes, some people do, but oftentimes people don't show their mistakes and they don't show their, their shortcomings and they don't, they don't show their, you know, the errors that they make. They don't show the strikeouts. You know, they don't, they don't show the balls that they drop. I think that you have to lean into your vulnerabilities if you actually want to make progress. And for me, what I see is that, and, and look, and I'm not just talking about in sport, you know, as a businessman, you know, I think that every, as my pastor, uh, Pastor Jeremy Dunn would say, he said, if your pastor doesn't have a pastor, you need to get another pastor. 
right? <laughs> so I, I, I say I say it the same way as as a as a as a physical conditioning coach, as a business owner. If your trainer or your business, if your gym owner doesn't have a mentor and doesn't have people coaching him, then you know he, he might feel like he's at the pinnacle. I am in no way. I, I have mentors all over the world um, that I reach out to on a regular basis to try to make sure that I can get better at what I do from the business perspective. At this point, not taking anything away from the craft, but I feel like the easiest of the things that I do is to get on the floor and train athletes and coach athletes. That's authentic. That's real. That's raw. And, and it's, it's what I've always done. But what I'm really trying to get better at, I, I've, I've been watching you too. I know, you know, this is the Burn podcast and you're, and you're talking about, you know, um, doing research on me, but I've been watching you well before I knew you. And I've seen the work that you've done with, with not only, you know, corporate boardrooms, but what you've done actually in the athletic and physical training environment and other places as well. And people need to seek out people like Ben Newman to make sure they can get better at their craft and what they do. And I'm sure that there's people that you still seek out as well that kind of help you round that out. So creating a, um, a, at least an awareness about your own vulnerabilities, I think, is the first step in getting better at what you do. And the second part of that, the authenticity comes by you just showing up and, and, and being part of the action every single day. You can't stand there, you know, with the drink in your hand and be on your phone and, and tell me, OK, five more and then, you know, be texting you like you really have to be actively engaged and involved and that energy that authenticity is felt and it's absorbed because you energy creates more energy so if i can become a part of that it becomes a force multiplier that allows these athletes like they they deserve that from me right they deserve for me to be right alongside them it's not for me to tell them you go it's for them to say come on let's go you know really being that that leader mentality versus that boss mentality and that's just not just with your athletes but also with your employees with your coaches with the people that are working alongside you come on guys, let's go. As opposed to, Hey, you guys go do this. You guys go do that. It's like, let me show you. And, um, you know, I love creating that environment where we have that symbiotic kind of relationship of asking questions and I'm learning from the young guys, just like they're learning from the, I guess I'm the OG now. That's what they're telling me I am, but you know, learning from the OG, but they need to know that I'm just trying to learn as much from them and, and, and where they're coming from as they are trying to learn from me. So keeping that open relationship to teach and learn, because as soon as you stop learning, you know, uh, then you start dying. And for me, I want to always be learning. You know, it, it's interesting that that you mentioned that. And I appreciate your your kind words. I mean, this is definitely an iron sharpens iron relationship. And just so thrilled that finally we we're able to to meet and unite through punched energy. But I still have two coaches. I read books every day, and right. you know, my coaches right. challenge the hell out of me. And right. I have mentors on top of that, which just means that I'm right. high maintenance. But right. I also think, back to your tagline, it does become this relentless pursuit. And I always yes. like to say, and I, and I think you believe this as well, it's a never finished mentality. The There's moment no that I say, I figured it out, I'm finished, how could I right. teach somebody something if I've made a conscious choice to stop learning myself? And so I learned so much from my coaches. I learned from individuals like you. I learn from the individuals that I get to work with. And that to me is the beauty of the relationship is that you're actually working together. Even yes. if they want to go win a championship or I, I want to go hit a, a target or make a list for our business or be a top 100 fortune company, whatever right. it might be, right. we're in that fight together. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, and that's the key for me, as long as, and, and there's something about knowing that somebody's in the trenches with you. 
And I know I use the terminology trenches. I mean, because look, you've got to get up in the morning. You got to get your hands dirty. Like, you know, I went to IMG. I was at IMG Academy. It's the biggest sports academy in the world. You know, 1,200 student athletes. There's like a thousand acres of, of space and there's every sport. They go to school there, train there, live there. They do everything there, right? But where I was coming from was I was coming from owning my own, my first gym, a 4,000 square foot facility where I scrubbed the floors. I washed the towels. I refilled the water. You know, I wiped down the windows and, and I dusted it. You know, my mom used to make me dust every weekend when I was at home as a kid. So I felt that was probably something I should be doing at the gym too. So I was doing all of those things. But then when I went and you know, if I needed a medicine ball, I had to save up my money and earn it and buy a medicine ball. Like, but when I went to IMG, I had every resource at my fingertips. I had everything available to me at every tool, every, every ball, every band. But I still maintained that small gym owner mentality where I was folding the towels, I was cleaning up after people, I was sweeping the floor, I was wiping things up. And I think that's part of what I was, one of the reasons I was able to come back to that really uh, private sector and that gym ownership and be successful because I started small, I saw the biggest of all big, and I was able to bring all of the success of that back to the small environment. And by the way, in that place, I created a lot of those authentic relationships. And then I was able to cultivate and maintain them as I moved back into my own gig. I love it. <clears throat> I got a, I got a final question, which I think is so important. I think so many people hear conversations like this, right? And they yeah. hear how you choose to show up. They hear how you pour into these relationships. But there's a lot of people listening who have a lot of self-talk going on right now. We're, we're right. living in a world that tells us to be complacent. We're living in a world that tells us to be content. I always right. love asking that question. That individual in business or in sports that's sitting on the sidelines saying, do I choose to go in the game? What's the piece of advice that you have for that individual who's maybe living, living comfortably because they're listening too much to their self-talk? Man, you know, it's, uh, there's the facade and there's what's real. And I got to tell you, man, sometimes you got to get in that closet and close the door and you need to just really talk to God and say, hey, you know, I pray, I pray every day for, for wisdom, discernment and revelation and wisdom. Like, Please expose me to the experiences necessary for me to be able to be at my best, you know, in, in this kingdom. Um, the discernment, you know, led by the Holy Spirit to be able to create the right decision at the right time with the right people for the right reasons, for the right purpose, right? And uh, with the right, uh, you know, divine timing. And then ultimately that revelation, like reveal to me who I'm supposed to be. Reveal to me what you want me to be. Reveal to me little by little, what you expect from me in this world, right? What do you, where do you want my impact to be? Where do you want my servitude to be? Where do you want my, you know, where do you need me? Where do you need me the most? You know, coaches talk to kids sometimes. The kids always say, oh, I'll do whatever you need, coach. Sometimes they say it because it needs to be said, but sometimes they really mean it. And I'm like, man, look, tell me where you need me, God. And so I think that we have to really have true, authentic, raw conversations with ourselves so that we know exactly what's, what's required for us uh, we've all been blessed with, with certain skill sets. Some of them need to be developed, but we've been blessed with a set of skills that is valuable somewhere in this world. And we need to really look at ourselves and say, where am I falling short? Where can I get better every day? Not just look at what I do well and put it on the gram, right? But really say, what is it that I'm missing? And be vulnerable, once again, enough to ask people, say, man, what can I do differently or better? My mentors, you know, Todd Durkin in San Diego, you know, um, um, 
Brian Nunez out in the Bay Area and, uh, and, and Nate Costa up in Baltimore with Under Armour and, and Jimmy Mackey down in the Bahamas. You know, the, the list goes on of people that I really lean on as mentors. And I ask them all the time, what can I do differently or better? If you were me, what can I do? I think your ability to ask those questions to the people that really care about you, that have been where you want to be, I think is probably one of the most critical things that you can do. And once you start getting those answers, that's when real progress can start to happen. Trevor, I, I can't thank you enough. And, and here, here's why. Number one, for the, the friendship that we're going to continue to build moving forward, but for you being an example for 27 years, right? So not just saying because it sounds good, oh, great tagline for my business, the relentless pursuit of excellence, but actually being an example of what that means to make individuals around you better. I just, I hope everybody pays attention. You listen, you take action, you slow down, you pause, you listen to that question, you ask it of yourself, you hit play, you pause, you listen to those questions. And do me a favor, I don't say this often, please share this episode with somebody who needs to hear those questions, just one. I'm not gonna say yes, go sir. email this out and post. Share this intentionally with one person that needs to hear those questions so that they can silence their self-talk to show up as consistently as Trevor Anderson has over the last 27 years. Trevor, I appreciate you and thank you for coming on The Burn. It's my honor, I just wanna say one more thing. If I say two claps, you got to give me two claps. You have your hands ready, Ben? Ready? Hey, yes, sir. Come on, babe. That's all I need. Listen, it's TA two claps, okay? So, you know, that's how you get fired up. Thank you so much for honoring me with the opportunity to come on and share, spend time with you. Uh, I admire what you do. I want to get closer to doing what you're doing, uh, the way that you're doing it, and uh, you're a huge inspiration. So thank you so much for having me. I appreciate you. Oh, God bless you. I appreciate you. Bless we you are, We are in this fight together. And yes, you sir. all are going to be in the fight with Trevor as well to make sure you keep that right. intentional focus, those two claps going. Make sure That's to it. check out the notes, all the ways that you can stay connected with Trevor. I appreciate you. And let's keep fighting the good fight together. Yes, sir. This episode of The Burn Podcast is powered by BenNewmanCoaching.com, your number one source for increasing consistency in your life and building the mental toughness habits required to live the life of your dreams. From self-paced courses to live coaching with Ben and everything in between, head over to BenNewmanCoaching.com and join the thousands of members working to unlock their peak performance every day.